0: Hello everybody and welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing everybody a very good morning, afternoon or evening Wherever and whenever you're tuning into today's podcast from, it feels like ages since I've done one of these. I know that uh, our listeners will be tuning in regularly every few days or or once a week uh, when they get published, but um, as many of our listeners know, we we do record these in batches and uh, it feels like a long time since I've been behind the microphone, so it's great to be back today and great to be back with two guests. Joining us again from Universal Live is their commercial manager, Neil Clapperson. Neil, great to have you back on the show today.
1: Absolute pleasure. Hi there.
0: And sitting alongside Neil today at Universal's uh, offices up in Bradford in West Yorkshire is Jason Cardi. Jason is the event director for Capita Travel and Events. Jason, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you, James. And hi, everyone. Um,
0: so we're, we're, we're talking today um, about the uh, agency stroke client supplier relationship. Um, looking at how a supplier like Universal Live works with an organization like Capita um, and alongside Jason and his team. Um, Before we really get into the points that that we want to sort of talk about today, chaps, um, let's put a bit of context on everything. Um, Neil, first of all, let's come over to Universal Live and just just give our listeners a little bit of context as to what you do as an organization.
1: Uh, Well, we're a technical production supplier, so we hire all the kit for live events all over the world in a nutshell.
0: Fantastic there's a, a nice compact explanation um, and perhaps maybe not so compact um, Jason when it comes to explaining exactly what Capita travel and events do many of our listeners will have uh, heard or seen the name and the brand
2: Capita before in one form yeah. or another but specifically what do your division do? Yeah so we obviously primarily were um, bought by Capita we an outsourcing company um, in the UK, um, and obviously we're, we were there traditionally to look after their travel, their meetings, and their events. Um, obviously, we were a, a business outside of that beforehand, anyway. Um, you know, generating our own revenue, um, and we've got around about uh, nine hundred staff. Uh, you the know, yeah. travel, meetings, and events side. Um, we obviously do, uh, from an events perspective, we're slightly smaller. We, we're quite, you know, we've got quite a nice family creative team. Um, There's about 30 of us in total situated over around about five UK offices Mm -hmm. Um, and primarily we look at around about 300 to 350 events a year um, and obviously provide four event solution, uh, whether that be uh, the kind of technology solution, uh, logistics, um, you know, health and safety um, and obviously managing anything from an incentive maybe for, you know, 25 people you know, across to South Africa or you know, up to a conference for 8,000 people at the NEC in Birmingham. So it's, it's quite a, a diverse range um, and we've got some great brands that we work with um, and also some great partners as well.
0: And, and, and is it fair to say again just to, for, for clarity that um, as an event director and, and as a team of people capital travel and events you, you are delivering the expertise the production expertise when it comes to planning managing executing delivering these events from a production side of things but in order to actually deliver them the equipment and the services that you need all need to be brought in from suppliers like Neil and his team at Universal
2: yeah definitely and we don't hide away from that you know we're, we're very open Um, You know, we've got a great supply management team that look after our partnerships, uh, whether that be, you know, quirky event spaces to, you know, food and beverage caterers, um, you know, all the way up to speakers and production um, and entertainment. So, you know, I think for me, it's very important that, you know, you know, working with a customer, you're open about who you're working with. Um, you've got that you know, existing relationship where, at the same time, you've worked as a partnership for some time, because um, obviously, you know, it's about having that experience and, and that relationship as well, not just with your partners, but also with the customer. So I think you know, when we work with um, you know, new events coming in, it's important that the customer gets that straight away, that you know, it's not something new to us. It's something we've been doing, and you know, have an existing relationship with these guys for probably about fifteen, twenty years now. So,
0: yeah, it's, it, it,
2: it, just just on
0: that point, I was going to ask you how long has the relationship between the two organisations um, been, been going, and, and how, how how did that first come about? Oh, I don't
1: remember, yeah, getting old, <laughs> yeah, not the truth. So yeah, we had a little chat about that earlier.
0: I thought it was uh, you
1: know, sort of seven to ten years, but it's double that. So. Yeah since about well, times we've been going
0: together yeah time flies when you're having fun <laughs> exactly and, and and i'm sure every every moment of that relationship has been nothing but fun um, <laughs> as is as is every relationship in the events, events. As, yeah in the live events industry jason you started to talk there a little bit about having that open um you know uh Uh, not so much relationship, but, you know, uh, attitude um, and transparency, I suppose, is is one way of putting it with with clients that you're working with in terms of how you are bringing in suppliers. Um, How does that work when you're working with your own clients who have an expectation about what you want to deliver and you've got trusted suppliers like Universal Life you've worked with for a long time? do, do your clients allow you to bring in pretty much whoever you would like to bring in in terms of supplies or it, do, will they each have different policies where they might want different amounts of quotes
2: in order to get the best price? Yeah, I think, I think it works both ways, really. Um, you know, we work with uh, a real, a real different skill set of customers and in different industry sectors, um, which is lovely for us as well. You know, whether, whether that might be a government customer, um, you know, from, you know, from public side or maybe a private customer mm-hmm. uh, you know so we've got some really different events and, and and due to those kind of events and budgets that we get we have to obviously work with you know different kind of skill sets of partnerships as well whether that be um, someone that's maybe more creative um, or maybe someone that's more kind of budget conscious so you know I think yeah, being open with um, e- each other and, and as well mm-hmm. as the customer is quite an imp- is quite a key factor for us um, you know i was i was only saying to neil the other day i think it's i think it was something on there the, the the mpi figures on, on on google i was looking at the other day which is the um, meeting professional industry standards it was saying something like 30 percent of our customers won't have a process in-house to basically manage their own event budgets and and actually forecast and deposit um because a lot of the time it's on on top of what their existing role is so mm one key factor for us in that relationship is understanding that budget all the way through that event lifestyle. um, But at the same time, being able to track it, forecast it, reconcile it, but also add that value to the customer and show where we're saving. And I think that relationship, um, you know, whether, you know, it's a a long-standing relationship, I think that really does help, you know, add value to that. Because obviously, ideally we want to show our customer, you know, uh, you know, up to, you know, start with 15 to 30% saving on, you know, on their Mm. budget really. And I think that, the climate where events now have become a lot more heavy on that added value and savings and, and, and actually showing that to customers is, is really key, I think for both parties as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes down to when, um, as we were talking earlier about budgets, if, if there is a
1: set budget and we have to hit it, then you know we will have a, an agreed discount amount that, that, that you can show to your clients already that, you, that they're receiving from Universal Live. Mm. But then suddenly, you know, we, we'll do the best we possibly can with our quote, but we're still 2000 pounds over, for example, and it's like, sure. it's been, it's that open and honest relationship where it's like, okay, well, you know what, we need to get rid of that two grand, so we will, and just, yeah. you know, it's that trusted relationship that we know that further down the line, we're, we're going to get that business back. Sure, yeah. And it's just been, you know, it's, it's that honest relationship where we know that neither party's sort of taking advantage. It's just it's- a bit of give and take as we go along.
0: It's difficult, isn't it, when it when it comes to budgets and 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 um, and finding that that balance between it. Because my experience with with suppliers is that, especially with trusted suppliers and people you have been working with a long time, they will genuinely give you the best possible value for money. You know, and, and to bring it down to you know simple terms. I know suppliers who will throw as much kit that they can possibly get on the back of a lorry, you know, for for whatever price that we're doing, you know, that they'll go above and beyond a lot of the time. There'll be a lot more in there than has actually appeared on the quote that they sent through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, personally that that's fair to say for most suppliers in the events industry they want to do the best and they want to put as much in as they can um but yeah. there is that coyness often with with the actual end client where they won't want to share what the total budget is because ideally they want to save on that they want, and that doesn't often provide the best platform for the supplier to actually deliver the yeah. event you're, you're uh, you know you'll often put in a quote and they'll say oh no that's too much right well what is the budget well we don't know
2: I think we get we get kind of like with the two scenarios in that position I think the 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 existing customers that we 're working with on existing events that tend to repeat every year um, within the industry um, they te- we, obviously we have a good idea of their budget anyway because we've previously worked with them hmm. um, but they're, I think they 're very transparent about actually this year we need to save another twenty thousand or you know you need to bring this to the table and, and obviously a lot of the time you know and, and obviously your experience as well it 's it's you know can we have more creativity, but can we have less spend? And it's and you know and that's that's a constant thing for us you know within the events industry to be able to achieve and obviously make it more memorable and engaging for our customers. I think the other side we've got is that maybe the and the ones that we need to tend to obviously you know hold their hand through that process is it's probably the newer customers or customers that aren't you know. Uh, experienced in actually putting on a live event for the first time and you know someone's come to them approached them said look we want to achieve this these are the objectives how can you support us you know through that journey um so i think that's when it, it becomes harder to be more transparent and i think for me it's about one you know, when we first get that pitch in, it's obviously, you know, let's have a meeting, let's go and let's have a chat, let's go for a costa, let's, you know, discuss what we need to achieve, you know, in order to make this, you know, engaging and memorable and, and you know, feedback great as well. And I think also they're looking at us at the same time to say, well, actually, how much does that cost? And I think that does come with experience, and sometimes you can actually say, Well, we did this awards. You know a couple of weeks ago and actually yeah. that will cost you probably about that much so you can actually filter that through but then i think at the same time you also then sometimes need to go out plan the venue spend plan the support spend and then also come to these guys and say look you know neil what can we you know what what do you reckon this cost would be for this production and and, and work together on that is as, as one big kind of you know transparent process really mm-hmm. Is, is there a
0: um, at the level of of, of event that you're what the two of you are working on um, contingency planned into your to your own budgets and your own planning against the budgets that you've been given by the end client in terms of um, unexpected costs? And by that I mean things like being told relatively last minute that you might have half a day less loading time or build time for something, which means you've then got to throw probably. <laughs> <laughs> which means then you've probably got to throw ten extra crew on it, which is suddenly going to cost you a load of extra that you didn't budget for.
1: That's a discussion to be had at the time, isn't it? Really, it's normally it's the show must go on, is the saying, and it always does. And you just do what needs to be done to get it done, and you kind of talk about that afterwards, though, really, or if you've got time beforehand. But you know, at the end of the day, there is. Both parties are going to be making some profit. Obviously, that's how the world works. So, there's a little bit of give and take in that from both parties. Yeah. Um, and it's just a question of this trusted, up and honest relationship that you can actually say, well, yeah, we saw the problems that were there. We delivered it for you. It actually did cost us another two, three thousand pounds or whatever it is, an X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then we start discussing about how we're going to sort of divvy that up, whether we solve 100% the supplier or 50-50 or 100% the client. So, you know, it's all give and take, I think, really. And it's all to do with uh, that. This is a theme for this podcast. It's all trusted, up and honest relationship between client client and supplier, yeah. how we each other. It's also a
0: personal thing as well, you know, how how well the PM gets on with the client and things like that. And, well, absolutely. You're working in a, in a sector and an environment where you are on, you know, especially during, you know, the, the actual event itself, during the build, the live days and, and the break, you're on top of each other constantly, aren't you? So oh, yeah. There has to be that personal
2: relationship between supplier, agency, client. Yeah, it's, it's a one team approach all the way. And I think it's got, I think over the years being in the industry, it's got a lot better. And I think people are less to, you know, they more. I think for me, it's it's more important that you're open when you're going in for that pitch and when you're going on that site visit. Um, that you're bringing in, you know, those kind of you know, both partners and suppliers that obviously make you look good at the end of the day. That's what you know. That's what you guys do. Um, so you know, I think it's important that they come in and we, we approach it as one team from the start. Um, you know, because we're not we're not there to say that we can do everything in the events part of it. You know, we're there to say we're good at this. We can provide a solution in that but we've got our partners because, you know, we heavily rely on the fact that they've got that kit in-house, you know, they've updated it, you know, yeah. like recently you mentioned about the, the new LEDs that you've got, which mm. are really cool at the moment, which we want to use mm. for events. Cause obviously it just brings a little bit more of a, a different atmosphere on sets mm. and, you know, stuff like that. So I think, you know, like we we have an acronym which we we mention in our team called KATE, and it's basically our our suppliers or partners have got to be knowledgeable, they've got to have the ability and attitude and right attitude, sorry, they've got to have the training and they've got to have the experience, mm-hmm. and I think if we have those four you know, values within our partners and we work with, I think that goes a hell of a long way to actually, you know, achieve that project. And at the end of the day, you want to win it. Cause at the most time you're up against, you know, maybe three or four other businesses and, and likewise production companies yeah. as well. So, you know, I think it, it, it really, you know, helps us achieve that at the end working as one, you know, gone are the days where everyone's putting on the capital T-shirt, you know, no, it's not universal mm-hmm. either here. And you know, that, they're part of that event and they see them working on that event mm. and you know and, and and what makes me feel you know really proud is at the end of the event you know when the you know the, the host gets up or the ceo and mentions actually these are the people that have made this happen you know and, and obviously production and it obviously is a big element of that which is great yeah. do do, do you think as well in the, in the past that um, perhaps uh,
0: the old or an older mentality of working was that, you know, we want to be seen that we can do everything and everything needs to be done under our banner so that we, we look good. And now actually there's a, there's a certain confidence that you can give to an end client by saying, we are really, really good at this, but we are not so good in this particular area that's why we bring in suppliers that are strong in this area we bring in we bring in additional expertise i think that shows a level of confidence in your own organization
1: yeah i do i think that attitude has changed as you rightly said 10 years ago it was always the way they had to wear the the client t-shirt all the time and mm. our biggest client we still do that and we ain't got a problem doing that at all quite happy to do that it's all that one team approach mm. but as you quite rightly say Times have changed, and I think it's, I think it's a refreshing look yeah. to, to say, yeah, where these are the specialists in production, where the specialists in event management yeah, specialists in webcasting or video company you know there's always sure a specialist team involved, and why blur the lines you know
0: <coughs> yeah and, and, and to do it to the best. To deliver the best possible outcome now when you mentioned something like event technology when there are so many different facets to it now and so many different small Mm -hmm. niche suppliers that are able to deliver really great results in really specific areas like could be you know live streaming it could be um, interactive apps that allow a conference audience to to pose questions onto a big straight onto a, an LED wall. you know when you look at all these little niche suppliers now it's important that they 're recognized and utilized
1: it is i think, I think what's important is that you that you're upfront with that with your client so for example, uh, Jess might come to us with a specific request mm-hmm we'll have those contacts, those trusted partners that we know, suppliers to us, that, that he's relying on, our knowledge that it's going to work. We're up front with him saying, yeah, we can do that. We're not the specialists, but we know the, pe- the people that are, and they'll work as Universal Live. You know, it's all that trickle-down effect, but quite clearly they're not Universal Live, and you yeah. would be introduced to Jason as such. Um, but it's, it's that open and honest thing about being, you know, who's involved? all introduced up front and you know it'll be a seamless event by doing so and when you try and kind of hide these things that that suddenly it's all a bit cloak and dagger and you're going to get caught
2: out eventually and it's just not worth it Yeah, (laughs) absolutely we did a a pitch recently um for awards that was um we got some great feedback from was really successful and um we actually brought in the partners and actually to the degree where we actually brought in one of the venues as well. Um, so from, from that perspective, it's always, um, it was quite refreshing. And it was, it's one thing that, you know, as, as a, as primarily in, in events, you know, obviously venue find is a big part of that. Um, so to bring in a venue that you're confident about bringing in at the same time, um, yeah. it, it's quite a challenge, but obviously it worked really well. And I think that just shows that, yeah, things are changing and people are being more trustworthy with each other um, but I think I think from a, from a production perspective when it comes down to you know who we work with because obviously we have a number of suppliers that obviously deal with production um, and obviously Universal live are one of those and do a fantastic job for us um, but at the same time we work with customers that also have their own contracted production companies and I think for me it's, it's being able to trust each other when you're on site but also having that flexibility, especially when you work in partnership where, you know, you might get one event come through that the budget's not so good and you can actually rely on them to say, well, actually, Neil, can mm-hmm. you just like maybe make this one a little bit cheaper than you normally would mm-hmm. because we want to win that business, you know? And I, I know yeah. that, you know, the, later on in the year, we might get that big sales conference and we might be able to then obviously achieve more, you know, revenue from that. Because at, at the end of the day, we're, we're in this for the money yeah. as well. It's, you know, it's a big factor of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, sorry, I was going
1: to say it's, it's it's better for a business like us to to spend
0: our money trying to get new business that way than than another way, such as advertising. As cleanly as that before is that if, if you if you are taking a let's say just for argument's sake, you're taking a bit of a two grand hit on a particular event in order to work within the budget but deliver what the client wants. Yeah. If you know that they've got you know other events that they're working on that potentially you've got an opportunity yeah, to get in. It's no different really than putting an advert somewhere or, 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 or putting out some press releases or spending yeah, some money uh, on a
1: bit of marketing. You have to be careful because that carrot does get dangled a lot, obviously.
0: Um, uh, absolutely,
1: yeah. But, you know, it's all part of that trusted relationship again. So, you know, it's you know, being open and honest about what is in the future and mm-hmm. what the client normally does do and how many events they normally do a year and things like that and, you know, just, just talking about it and seeing what we can do together.
0: And the, the parallel with marketing though is that it's all a calculated, um, not gamble, but you know, you, that you have to look at all the elements involved and decide what's best for the business ultimately, which is no different to deciding whether or not you are going to invest, you know, into marketing or whether or not you are going to adjust budgets yeah, yeah, whatever I'll, it may be. I'll it's I'll all calculation, isn't it? Things. Yeah.
1: You've got to do all of them, haven't you? But it's how you divide it up and it's mm. obviously, it's usually out of different budgets as well. And, so yeah I think th- things like the situation we are just talking about obviously they usually just go not under the radar but you know it's it's just a different part of money isn't it and it's just not part of your advertising and budget spend uh, sorry your advertising budget or marketing budget that you normally spend on so
0: yeah. it's just, but it, you know if it comes off you've got a new client and everyone's happy so well, one one thing that I wanted to ask um uh, given that you know, we've got two experienced event companies um, with many years of reference now, but behind you both, you must have a, a pretty good portfolio of events that you can now reference when it, when it comes to pitching for new business and, and talking to new clients and being able to actually say, here's what we did for this person or here's what we did for this client. You know, it must be a pretty, pretty sizable portfolio you've got now that you can reference. How often will you go in together and actually say, look, look at what we've done historically, This this is the type of thing that we can do for you?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think, um, if you don't mind, I'm starting Neil. I think um, from, from our perspective, it's when we go into that new kind of pitch environment, it's it's really having a relationship with that customer and, and, and building that relationship as quick as possible. And I think in order to do that, that's where you've got to bring in people that you've worked with before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think, you know, they've got to have the confidence straight away that you're going to be able to deliver on, you know, maybe the budget they're going to give you. And obviously also, you know, come back to you with obviously the investment and also the return on engagement as well so i think for me it's, it's having that that openness and trustworthy i think i always kind of say when when you go into that pitch um you know the first couple of slides you, you talk about the, the, the brand and the business and who you are and then the rest of the pitch i think it's more important about not just obviously generating a buzz with regards to what you've worked on before um you know and obviously sharing the various case studies that we've worked on, all those kind of things. I think it's more important to understand, you know, we're there to provide a solution for that customer. How are we going to provide that? How are our partners going to do that with us? And, and how are we going to come out of that solution with either saving you money, adding value, um, you know, and creating a massive, you know, generating a massive buzz from it as well. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot of factors there. And I think that the, the involvement with past events that we've worked on One, you kind of can go into that room and actually talk to your customer, whether that be an existing one or new one, and actually feel the confidence straight away to be able to say, you know, I'm trusting, you know, our partners to deliver this event, Um, you know, and it's not just on the the money side, it's also on the time side as well, because, you know, as you know, some of the the stuff that we get has to be delivered very quickly. Um, you know, at at the same time, you know, sometimes we have the luxury of having a bit more time to work on the project, which is always good. So, um, Mm -hmm. but I think, yeah, I think that, that, that kind of trust, that flexibility, um, and then being able to like, you know, almost go back to the fact that, oh, by the way, we did this big event last year, and this is how we think it's going to work for you.
1: And your your client list is so diverse as well, that naturally you get a very diverse sort of range of events to work on. And so it's great that we've got this long history with this diverse list of, of events to fall back on that we can say, Yes, we did this one, we did we did this one for fifty people, we did this one for five thousand people, and everything in between and, you know, the, the many different scenarios that you that you encounter in those events, you know. Sure. Whether it be it's in true. an office or in an arena. Uh,
0: but, but, but before we uh, before we we wrap up one thing that i wanted to ask it may sound like a bit of an odd question but it, it it references again this this um this figure of 15 years you know which is a significant length of time that you've been working together and, oh. and how the landscape the landscape has changed um and when i say landscape i mean in terms of expectations or what people want out of their events from a particularly a technical production point of view, Neil, Um, and that's perhaps tied in uh, where I'm getting to with this is things like social media, Instagram, Twitter, websites, you know, blogging. Companies now and organizations who deliver live events are really proactive in putting up pictures of what they've done. They want to showcase what they've done. But what that's also doing is is giving more and more ideas of what can be achieved to event organizers and Perfect. do you find that they're coming to you and saying oh we saw this company did this for this event on instagram we saw this company did this um, can we achieve that you know is, is there more of that crept in over the years
1: um i'd, I'd say more in terms of things like interactivity i think mm-hmm. see a very niche thing and say yes we really want this this looks really really cool can we have that and you say yes of course you can and then you give them the price and then say actually we'll leave <laughs> that <laughs> so there's a lot of that going on, um, but I, th- I think generally it's all about just making sure your, equip- your equipment's up to date, making sure that you're you're keeping ahead with the, the technology, with the current trends all the time. Um, people don't want to go to their event and and it look old and they look out of date, and it's you know it's, it's all about that. I think the I, do, I don't tend to get, or we don't as a company tend to get. Our clients saying sending us a, a photograph or a visual or saying, Can we have one of those, please? We don't we don't tend to work like that. We like to be creative and be original and push the boundaries of what the technology can do all the time. And yeah. for me, that's how we keep it fresh and keep it
0: original and keep it keep it exciting for the for the delegate there and, and for the client. So So rather than reacting to what other people are doing, actually being proactive in pushing your own boundaries further and Absolutely. saying, here's what we can now do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think that's what keeps it interesting. It is for me. Um, I don't want to just copy other people's work. Why would you? Um, it's, you've got all, all these toys to play with, there's no reason why you can't be creative with it, make it look fantastic. Yeah. For the same budget, it's just, you know, just using it in a different way. You're breaking up your LED wall into pieces. If you're clever, if you're now the technology, it looks fantastic same price, same amount of LED panels, but it's not in a rectangle, it's in a pattern. You've still got your content in the middle or wherever or to the side, but you, know, you can do nice things just with what you've got, or if you're just creative and think differently about it, and that's how you- can
0: It doesn't just have to look like a TV anymore, is it? It's, not, it, it? it's not a fast-fold screen and a projector hanging from the ceiling. Exactly, times
2: have changed. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think, I think so I think obviously coming back on that as well. I think social media is really key. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, yeah, obviously Neil's right in the fact that I think you need to have that, that element within the team and obviously a lot more companies now have got that creative element within their in-house teams like we have and you have as well. I think you need to. but I think for me, you, you don't we're, we're so busy in, in, you know, in events and, and obviously just out there in society. For me, that social media element is really good to see because you're actually finding out what your partners are doing behind the scenes, what customers they're working with, what they've done recently. And that's easily then you know, to share with your customers and actually build that rapport, which I think is really good. Um, but I think also for me as well, it's, it's your customers can actually see what you're doing when you're not with those customers. And I think it's quite important that, you know, I think like coming back to the case study element, that you're obviously showing you know, showcasing those events showcasing the other things that you're doing with that, that part of the community um you know whether it's a charity element whether it's you know a, a big awards or fashion launch that you've just you know launched basically so i think it's really key with that and obviously they're making it memorable and obviously increasing that engagement getting that buzz and then obviously getting that business back again for mm-hmm. us to obviously support and you know create a solution yeah. Absolutely.
0: Guys, it's, it's been great talking to you both on the show today and uh, a real insight into, into that, that working relationship between agency, between supplier. Um, if anybody wants to, to get in touch with you guys, um, you know, it, with your individual organizations, um, let's start with you, Neil. Anybody who wants to reach out to Universal Live, find out a little bit more about what you guys do? How do they do that?
1: Yeah, please do. You can follow us on Twitter um, at Universal underscore live or our website is uh, universal hyphen dot com.
0: And, uh, and similarly, Jason, anybody wants to get in touch with your team at uh, Capita Travel and Events, find out a bit more, how do they do that?
2: Yeah, just basically, you know, type in cash travel events, MYS corporate events, um, obviously Twitter, Facebook, and also Insta, which obviously we've got a, a lot of visuals on there for people to see what we can do and, and, and help with them in the future.
0: Fantastic. Guys, thanks very much for joining us today. If you are listening to today's podcast via your favorite podcast platform, don't forget that you can also head over to com and watch videos of all of our previous podcasts. And whilst you're on there, check out all the latest news and features that are on eventindustrynews.com. If you're watching this on the website at the moment, then you can also go the other way. You can go to your favorite podcast downloader and access all of the audio versions of the podcast to have a little listen to loads and loads of different topics and subject matter that we've uh, that we've uh, dealt with over the past few years of the podcast, and it, it makes me shiver to even say those words. Years of the podcast, years of reference material. Thanks again to our guest today, Neil Clapperson. Neil is the commercial manager over at Universal Live, and Jason Cardi, event director for Capital. To travel travel and events. It'd be great talking to you both, and we'll see you on the next edition of the podcast. My name is James Dixon. Thanks very much. Goodbye.